Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to continue on. I've been hitting the book of Ephesians hard. Quick review on something. Folks say, well, what's the big deal with Ephesians? Well, it's an epistle. It's an epistle. It's a letter written to believers. Many people get stuck in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Not a bad place to be, don't get me wrong. The words of Jesus and all that. But God, Jesus himself, began to give revelation to men like the Apostle Paul so that he could write and give us all this stuff that we need to know so that we can understand the Old Testament better, so we can understand Jesus better. So tonight, we're beginning in Ephesians 3. Um, we finished up Ephesians 2 last week. We'll see how far we get. Uh, in Bible study, we're in Ephesians 1 right now, and a few weeks back, we started in Ephesians, and we, I think in 45 or 50 minutes, we got through two verses. <laughs> so, so we'll see where we go tonight, Ephesians chapter 3. I'd like to pray again, if that's okay with everyone. I'm going to pray even if it's not okay with you, all right? So let's bow your heads, close our eyes. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the giving of your word and the receiving of your word. Lord, I thank you that your word is falling on good ground tonight. Holy Spirit, we need your help. You're the great teacher, the advocate, the comforter. You remind us of the words of Jesus. You help put Scripture together for us. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to speak your word and receive your word tonight. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, once again, we're on Facebook Live right now. So, if you ever want to go back and listen to any of this, you can get it on Facebook. Uh, you can get it on YouTube. Or you can check out our audio that we record. There's also just audio uh, recordings of this, and that'll be available tomorrow morning sometime. All right, it's always the day after the message. So you can get those at kingsgatehobs.com. Click on the menu, go to messages, right? Is it messages or recent messages, latest messages, something like that? And then if you're an iPhone user, you can, you can check out the pod, podcast Kingsgate Hobbs. All right, Kings, is it Kingsgate Church Hobbs? Kingsgate? Kingsgate Church Hobbs. So you'll recognize the logo right there. All right? So you can always check these out again. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefit of you Gentiles. What are Gentiles? Non-Jews. We may have some Jewish blood in here somewhere, but most likely we're, it's mostly Gentile in here. Gentile just means non-Jew. Before Jesus came, it was the pagan people, people without God, because God revealed himself to the Jews and through the Jews, okay? So Paul's writing is really interesting. Um, many would agree that he was a genius. I believe he wrote 60-something percent of the New Testament. He had an extremely high IQ, an attention to detail, uh, just a real intellectual guy, and God began to speak through him. But his writing style is kind of flowing. So here's what he does right here, and I'm going to explain what happens. When he says, when I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, this is verse 1, let's do verse 1 again. I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles. Let's just stop there. You notice the dot, 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 the ellipsis? He starts a thought, and then he goes into a flowing discussion for about 12, 13 verses. 
And then he finishes that thought. So he has a very unique writing style. It's like me going, yeah, by the way, guys, it's great having you at church tonight. And, and then I get into something else, and then I finish that thought in about several paragraphs. Okay, that's what he did. His writing style is kind of interesting. So he actually picks up on the initial thought from verse 1 and verse 14. Okay? So that's why that seems a little odd when he begins that. It's dot, 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 and then he gets into verse 2, and he goes what? Look, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. Once again, here's what grace is. Grace is not a free pass to sin. Scripture explains Scripture, right? Scripture says that where sin abounds, God's grace abounds even more. So where there's a lot of sin, there's a lot of God's grace. And that same Scripture asks, well, because there's so much grace for our sin, should we keep sinning? No, no. We love God. We don't practice sin. Remember, because we don't practice sin, the wicked one cannot touch us, right? We were sinners. You're not a sinner now. You are saved by grace, okay? Grace is, number one, it's God's empowerment to live right. You have within you the ability to live right, no matter how you feel, no matter what you've seen, no matter what you've experienced. You have God's special ability to live right now, okay? That just means you're not going to practice sin. You're going to live life to the best of your ability with God's help. So grace is God's empowerment to live right, but God's grace is also His undeserved favor and His undeserved mercy. So grace is threefold. Undeserved favor from God, undeserved mercy, and God's empowerment to live right. It is never a pass to live however you want after you've accepted Jesus. Many people say, well, I accepted Jesus, but I just live however I want. Well, then you go, well, did you really accept Jesus, right? Scripture says everything changes. All things become new when you accept the Lord, all right? Not by your strength, but by His, all right? I want to be clear on that. So God gave me the special responsibility of extending His grace to you Gentiles. The Apostle Paul is not bragging here. He's explaining his role, okay? Verse 3, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. That sounds like a wild claim. Verse 4, as you read what I've written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. And we know now, even historically, that God really spoke to this guy. He had some deep revelation of God. Scripture says he was caught up to heaven, just all kinds of stuff. He saw Jesus, just one thing after another. God spoke to him. As you read what I've written, let me read verse 4 again, if you don't mind. I'm keeping Valeria on her toes. Thanks for your patience, Mika. As you read what I've written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. Verse 5. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by His Spirit, He has revealed it to His holy apostles and prophets. You ever read your Bible and the Old Testament? I mean, Genesis is amazing. There's stories, it's interesting. Then you start getting into the books of law, and many people, they read their Bible, even people who have been believers a long time, they go, what is this for? I mean, you, you sinned, so you take a dove, and then you sacrifice a goat, and then you get the blood and splash it on the altar, and there's all this stuff, and it's one thing after the other. The ancient scribes and Pharisees said that there were actually 613 precepts in the Old Testament for us to follow. Can you imagine? 613. I talk to people and they don't even know their phone number. You say, well, what was that for? Why would God do that? 
People are like, I don't know my number because I don't call myself, right? Well, God, so did he put all that in there for a reason in that Old Testament? What is that for? Yeah, it just proves we needed Jesus. Because all of that, the Apostle Paul says in his writings, his epistles, he says, all the law did was remind me that I was a sinner and that I fell short. All the law did. I don't know the teaching style. I got a teacher in here, maybe one or two in this house sometimes. I don't know their teaching style. But I, I remember I had teachers in school, and some had long lists of rules. Do you all remember that? First day of school, 14, 15 things. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But then you'd have teachers that would go, look, I got one rule. You respect me, and I'm going to respect you in here. You give me trouble, and I'm going to kick you out. Like, it was real simple. There's a few times I, I went out to visit in the hallway. You know, my big issue was I was always really respectful te to teachers and stuff, but I just talked a lot. I know you find that hard to imagine. But I got, I got banished to the hallway a few times for talking, kind of fooling around in class. But here's my point. You have all this law, and the ancient Pharisees said, man, 613 precepts to follow in there. And then folks go, well, I don't know about that, but I know about the Ten Commandments, and those are hard enough. But then Jesus said, well, whoever loves God with all his heart and soul and strength and might and loves his neighbor as himself or herself, they've fulfilled the whole law. Wow, Jesus simplified it. And thank God, because look at this verse. Remember, God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his Spirit has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. Praise God. Someone... Thank God for Jesus, man. I mean, really. Can you imagine? I'm like, okay, guys, I'll see you next Wednesday night. We're going to be sacrificing sheep and goats. What the? And the problem with that was it only, it only covered sin. I used this example recently. And Ms. Debbie was going, mm -hmm. maybe it was last week. She's going, mm -hmm. I know. Anybody, maybe you did this as a kid. Kids don't, they, they can't walk across the house, I guess because they're injured or something, but they can't walk across the house to take dirty clothes and put it in the hamper. It finds its way to the floor. Some go, I know I'll get in trouble if it's on the floor, so they kick it under the bed. I never understood that. Or you find it behind the bed. Wow. I'd rather have the dirty clothes in the right place where they get clean, right? Wouldn't you? I'm going to just tell you right now, I have my faults. I, you, I have my faults, but I don't just leave my clothes on the floor. Once in a while, I'll forget, and Jen's like, baby, are you okay? You let, did you mean to leave that there? You know what I mean? Because I just don't do that because it bothers me. Put that stuff away. Well, here's my point. Jesus came not to cover our sin or hide it. The law Pointed out your sin and said, well, we can cover it until you, can, until you sin again. Oh, man, can you imagine? I'd have been so broke with all my sin. And the, we gotta, oh, man, we got to buy another dove and a goat and a different thing. we got to sacrifice. Wow. Now, thank God for the blood of Jesus. I, I've been saying this a lot lately, and I don't know who needs to hear it. But, man, the um, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Everybody know what a clean slate is? I don't know about you, but I like it when I get... Oh, here's a great example. This shirt is a clean slate. We found a sale at TJ Maxx, and this was 
who knows what the original price is, but you know, my wife knows if it starts getting over $10 for me, I'm like, I don't even want it. She's like, I'm buying it. I'm like, I don't care. I don't even want it. I just, I, I have a certain price range for clothes, but you know what I like about a new shirt? Clean slate. I like a clean white shirt, but here's the problem with white shirts on me. Never fails. I don't, I'm like, I didn't even eat spaghetti. Is it a booger? I don't know what. I get stuff. I'm like, and Jen's all, you look great in white. I'm all, but I can't keep it clean. I walk through a room, and it's like paint comes off the walls and sticks to me or something. Just weird stuff. I'm all, how did, but there's nothing like a clean white shirt, huh? And that's what you are in Christ Jesus now. You are clean. Remember the Old Testament? He said, though your sins be red as scarlet, I'm going to make them whiter than whiter than white. Clean. That, that's, there's, there's something about that, man. There's something about that. I know I went into a place with the Old Testament and the New Testament with this verse because they just didn't know it. And the problem was when Jesus came, they, they couldn't recognize it. And did you know at first the Apostle Paul couldn't recognize it? Scripture says he was on his way. You guys remember the story? He was on the road to Damascus. Somebody made a joke about Damascus the other day. D-mask us. Anyway. But, yeah, we need to be on that road too, right? Well, he's on the road to Damascus, and Jesus appears to him. And Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing all this stuff to me? Did you know God takes it personally when people mess with you? You're his kids, man. Yeah, he takes it personally. He takes it personally. If you get held up in a bad deal or something that it wasn't right, it wasn't just, God takes it personally. Don't think that God's not going to deal with people. You just, you turn it over to God. Well, the, the Apostle Paul was on the way to Damascus, and he thought he was doing the right thing. He was headed to Damascus to get letters from local high priests and stuff to throw people in jail and to drag them to Jerusalem. And he was, he was standing there when, when Stephen, a great man of God, was killed. He was standing there and approving. He was approving of it. He was headed to go do more stuff. And Jesus appeared and said, why are you, why are you giving me a hard time? Why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, the one that you're messing with. You mess with them, you mess with me, basically. I didn't know. Well, now you know. And did you know when the Apostle Paul, before he got saved, or right around the time he got saved, God spoke to a man of God in Damascus, said, go lay hands on, on, on Saul. And he's like, Saul, I know him. He's been, he's been attacking your church, Lord. And the Lord said, oh, yeah, I know. But I'm about to show him what he has to suffer for me now. But he's going to take my word all over the place. Paul thought he was doing right. Many times people think they're doing right. The Pharisees thought they were doing right by, can you imagine crucifying Jesus? Wow. They did not know. Let's go to verse 6. They didn't know. And this is God's plan. Verse 6. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news, the good news is the gospel, all right? Who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Man, that is a tall order going on there. Let, let's stay on verse 6. Let me read it again. This is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news 
share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Aren't you so excited that the body of Christ is all colors, all cultures, and backgrounds? And we found this in common, that Jesus is the only way to heaven and this is the manual for living on the planet. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Scripture says that salvation is of the Jews. They knew, or they, they were supposed to know. You know, I mean, a lot of them did, because originally all the first believers, they were Jews. They were Jewish folks. Now it's, now it's different. Now it's flipped. There, there's Jewish believers, but now as a whole, the country of Israel, they don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah. It's interesting, but Scripture says they will, they will be saved one day. Verse 7. By God's grace, once again, grace, God's empowerment to do right, God's undeserved favor on your life, God's undeserved mercy on your life, God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving Him by spreading this good news. That sounds like your job description too, huh? You say, man, I'm not the Apostle Paul. You don't have to be. But you can talk to someone at work that I'll never meet, never talk to. They wouldn't listen to me. A lot of people, it's funny. My wife and I were, were on a cruise and uh, said, end of the summer of 2016, we were on a cruise, and man, we got a good deal. Jen said, I'll, I'll try out a cruise. It was for our 10th anniversary. She said, I'll go on a cruise ship with you, but it has to have a balcony. And I had cruised before. Me and Jonathan went for a senior trip. I went, oh, I went on a cruise with you and Gabriel and Jonathan in 2003. That same year, my dad wasn't able to go with my mom. I went on another cruise. It was on the same ship. People saw me again a few months later. No, it was like a month later, and they go, um, are you rich? I go, no, man. My dad couldn't make the cruise. This cost me $35, you know. So here I am. But we're on a cruise ship, me and my wife. It was pretty sweet. We had a balcony. That was cool. We may never go on a cruise again, but we experienced it together. And it's a Sunday morning of all days, and it's time for brunch. Does everybody know what brunch is? It's breakfast and lunch. It makes you feel rich. I don't know why I'm just saying brunch. But we got discount tickets on this, this cruise. And so we go in the ship. We sit at the back of the dining room. We're sitting around, and people are, people are talking, and, and then they're saying, man, they... Somebody said they love the Lord, but then, then they start talking about drinking and different things. And then they're asking each other what everybody does. And I was like, oh, Lord, please don't, ask, don't let them ask me what I do. I already knew because it's already going to change the whole dynamic of everything. And, man, we're having a good old time. And I was drinking a coffee. And, I don't, man, I, I was high on the coffee, man. That thing was so strong. I had a headache. I was dizzy. It was strong. But we were there eating breakfast, and it was wonderful. And they're just, man, what do you do for a living? Finally, they get to me. And what do you do for a living? I said, oh, we, we pastor a church. And they were all, you know. But that was an opportunity, wasn't it? Because who knows? I didn't, what's amazing is I didn't, have to, I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to say anything. It's funny. I say I'm a pastor. And I've been privileged by, you know, serving him, serving God and serving him by spreading the good news. And I didn't have to say much. And it's funny, at least at least one person in a group, usually once they hear our pastor, like, hey, you know, it's been a while since we've been to church, but we've been trying to get back. And, you know, and they just start talking. And I was like, man, praise God. Well, I'll be praying for you guys, you know. And we had another experience like that with a guy. 
he gets in. We were in some big hot tub thing, and he gets in. He's an older guy. He was drinking something, and I didn't care. I mean, you're on a cruise ship. That's what people do. That's not my flavor. It's not how I roll. I can prove it scripturally. But they, he was doing his thing, and then he asked us what we did. And I, I said, well, I, I, I'm a pastor. We pastor a church. Oh, man. He's like, man, you know, I don't usually drink, you know. I don't even, I will say one of the things I like about being a pastor is God starts dealing with people as soon as I say what I do. You know, it's been a while, you know, pastor. And then I'm pastor, and I'm like, oh, man. You can call me Matt, you know, or Matthew. Good-looking people call me Matthew. No, you just call me Matt. I'm just kidding. Did some of y'all catch that? Anyway, you've been commissioned with the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Sometimes it's just by your actions. Had someone tell me, touch my heart. The other day said, man, family member noticed such a change in me over the past months and years. Praise God. Your testimony is how you're living. Your testimony is, and sometimes it's your words, but sometimes it's people just going, wow, you've, you've changed. You've changed. You've, you've really changed. Wow, for the better. That's amazing. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news, and so have you. All right? Verse 8. Look at, look at what he says here. Very humble. He says, though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Say, man, what treasures? How about peace? How about knowing you're right with God? How about knowing that when you die, you're going to go to heaven? Do I still want my mom to be here with us sometimes? Sure. But you know what? We either believe it or we don't believe. And I know my mom's in heaven. Is she healed now? Oh, yeah, she is. Perfectly healed. She, I mean, I don't know. I think I told him at Bible study, man, I wonder what they're doing in heaven today. Right? What are they doing right now? I know they're in a different time and a different spiritual plane than us. They're just on a different level. But, man, what are they doing? We either believe or we don't believe. That's one of the treasures available to us in Christ. I know we can swing out to heaven based on faith now, not just works. Talk to a Muslim about heaven and hell. And a Muslim will tell you, and this, uh, I'm, I'm speaking respectfully here, they'll tell you, oh no, I, there's no guarantee that I'm going to make heaven. That's tough. They'll tell you the pillars of Islam. They'll give you all these different things. Man, good answers even. They sound good. And they'll say, yeah, but you know, Allah is merciful. And, but I, I say, man, well, I, it's exactly what Scripture said for me that we've only, there's only one name given under heaven that we can be saved by calling on that name, and that's the name of Jesus. Everything else, there's just no promise, no guarantee. Remember I talked about it Sunday? Reincarnation, that's terrible. What if you, I mean, I don't know, what if you came back and... As some weird animal, and then you just got shot real quick or hit by a car. No, I, I, no, really. That is terrible. And I'm glad we have the scripture to go back to because, man, there's the, the guarantee of eternity with Jesus, man. Praise God for that. The privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Being right with God. Being at peace. Having prayers answered. Verse 9, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. Verse 10. 
God's purpose in all this was to use the church. I'm going to read this verse. We're going to stop here again. Use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in, in the heavenly places. Do you think God was going to use the church building? No. The church is you and me. The church is alive. The church is the body of Christ. The church is another word for the body of Christ. For people who believe in Jesus, who have called on his name. Amazing, you, you meet people anymore, and they talk about they are people of faith, and they believe the Bible. But then you really start talking to them about their values, and they don't line up with Scripture. Say, oh, no, I'm a person of faith. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm a person of faith. Okay. But then they'll start telling you, yeah, but, you know, I, I think that men should be able to marry men, and women should be able to marry women. What? That Jesus, Jesus said from the beginning, God created them male and female. That kind of that solves it, doesn't it? And that's not me hating on anyone. I've always told folks this from the start. Anyone listening on Facebook, man, if you, you say that you're in a homosexual or lesbian lifestyle, you're welcome at this church, and I'm going to give you the truth from the Word. Because all sin is sin. Is everybody with me? Years ago, a friend of mine said, he said, yeah, but... Even the homosexuality and all that, it's just runaway lust, just like a man would have for a woman or a woman for a man. It's just lust. It's all just sin. Yeah, I agree. It's just sin. It's just sin. And here's the crazy thing. Sin is sin, but all sin can be forgiven. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. I can never point the finger at someone and say, man, you know, you've sinned more than me. Jesus, I love what Jesus told the lady. Y'all remember the story? Many believe it was Mary Magdalene. We don't know for sure. The lady was thrown to his feet. And they said, hey, Rabbi. The Pharisees came and said, hey, Rabbi. She was caught in adultery in the very act. Number one, there's a problem because it's just her and there's no man there. Right? Hmm, okay. So she was caught in adultery. And I love what Jesus did. He starts writing in the dirt. We don't know what he was writing. Some say he was writing their sins. Some say he was writing something from the old testament we don't know but jesus said this and i love this 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 has captured me for life jesus said let him who is without sin cast the first stone don't you ever forget where you came from and i don't mean you look on the past and go man i was awful oh my gosh no i mean don't forget that jesus saved you man no matter what you're saved now do you believe does everybody in here believe you're saved you are saved by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. I love the way Jesus handled that. Said, let, the, let whoever is without sin, let them cast the first stone. And we got to remember that at some point we all had to accept Jesus. We weren't born saved. I mean, you know, I have a hard time believing that anybody, some folks in here I've dealt with, I'm like, man, there was a time you weren't saved? I feel like you've just been saved forever. But it's not true. We had to come to the Lord at some point, right? At some point. And it's to display his wisdom and its rich variety. Look at this. To all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. He showed the enemy and his kingdom, here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to save my people because they were mine from the start. He's calling his people back to him. That's so powerful. Verse 11. This was his eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, he did. Verse 12, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. I think I'm going to stop on that verse for tonight. 
but I want to discuss it for a moment before we pray. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Did you know that you couldn't get into God's actual presence, you couldn't get into the Holy of Holies unless you were a recognized priest in the nation of Israel? And did you know if you did everything right to be able to be allowed into the, God's presence with the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies, the inner sanctuary of God's temple, did you know that they would even tie a rope to the leg of the priest and they would put bells on him? Did y'all, did y'all know that? Say, that sounds strange. Why would they do that? Because if he had some hidden sin in his life and he fell over dead, they could pull him out. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Yeah. And if the, you know what the bells were on him for? They say, oh, the bells are tinkling. He's still alive. He must be right with God. And then, but then, here's what's crazy. Because you can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence because of Christ, right? And our faith in him. That's what this verse says. But then, this is what's crazy. You ever read the story of Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts? That's wild. This husband and wife conspired to sell land and give money to the church, but they decided to lie about the amount they got for the land. Okay. It's crazy because they both died. This is New Testament after Jesus came because they lied to the Holy Spirit willfully. That's crazy. And the Apostle Peter told them, when you sold the land, it was yours to do what you wanted with the money. That was your land. So, that just proves that God's holiness hasn't changed. We're just in an age of mercy and grace because of the blood of Jesus. You can actually enter into his presence now. God's presence because of what Jesus did on the cross. And before, man, there was, you had to shed blood and sacrifice animals. And then a certain priest went in. And here's what's beautiful. Scripture says that now in God's kingdom, we're kings and priests. That's amazing. That means you have special rights and privileges. Does that mean you're better than everybody? No, but it means you're different. Scripture says we are a peculiar people. What does peculiar mean? It means uh, to some people you might seem a little strange. They're like, when you die, you're going to heaven. Nobody, you know, you've heard people say that. Well, nobody can know that. Based upon the Bible I read, yeah, we can. I mean, if you don't have faith in life, what do you have? Can you imagine serving a God with a little G and you go, well, there's no, there's no guarantee. I'm just serve him to, and hopefully I'll go to heaven. No, no. Scripture says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, once you've accepted Jesus, you still got to walk it out, right? Show your faith. You don't just accept Jesus and live however you want. No, you accept Jesus and show your faith. But what a promise. What a promise. So someday you're going to see the ones who've crossed over before you. We're going to see Grandpa and Grandma Avila. We're going to see my mom, my grandma. I mean, we're going to see different people that, that have, have gone to heaven before you. And can I just be honest with you? I'm glad my mom wasn't here for COVID. I miss her every day, but I think that would have stressed her out. I think it would have stressed her. We'd have been talking about that. She's in heaven, man, far away from any kind of whatever. But let me just tell you, your faith is so important. It's more important now than it's ever been. 
those tuning in tonight, your faith is more important now than it's ever been. The whole world's watching you, not to give you pressure now and say, oh my gosh. People watch you. They take notes. That's why they come to you and go, man, would you pray for me? Hey, I know you go to church. Um, do, do you know anything about what's going on here? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a virus. Yeah. Um, what about the coin shortage? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about everything. We can only speculate. Just come back to the word. Come back to the word and know that Jesus said, I've been saying this for months now. Jesus said, it is necessary that these things happen. Just make sure that your love walk is in place. Because one of the signs of the end is the love of many will grow weak. That's what Jesus said. Your job is to make sure you're still walking in love. Forgive people. Forgive. Man, work it out. Do whatever you got to do, but forgive and move on, man. Nobody's worth going to hell over. I'll tell you that right now. Pastor Matt, did you? Wait, Pastor Matt, you just talked about gay marriage and hell. Man, that ain't how we roll. Well, it's how I roll because the Bible talks about um, how important it is to put God first. It talks about heaven and hell. It talks about what's immorality and what's not. The Bible talks about justice. The D Bible talks all truth from Genesis to Revelation. And you know what? Let's decide that we're not going to go quietly into the night anymore. At work and stuff, and people are talking stuff, and they ask you, and you get an opportunity, tell them what you believe. And if it freaks you out, just say, here's what I believe. Here's what the Bible says. But, you know, I just believe what the Bible says. And I love that because it kind of ends debate, even though it frustrates people. Say, well, wait, you believe that and you're hating. I'm like, no, 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 I just believe what the Bible says. I believe what Jesus said. I just believe what it, it says here. And do your best to just, just walk in love with people. They're going to need it. They're going to need it this next year. They're going to need it these, these coming months. People need to know Jesus, man. They need his love. There's some crazy things going on. Even the oil field right now, if you notice, Hobbs, it is not as crowded as it once was. Have you noticed? The traffic has changed. People used to give me that excuse why they were late. I said, you know, traffic. I was like, well, I don't know if I'll buy that. But, yeah, it was a lot more traffic-y. So things have changed. Why? Because the earth changes. But the truth of God's word remains forever. Let's pray tonight. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the words that were spoken, but I thank you for the word that was received. I thank you that your word is a two-edged sword. It cuts that way, this way. Lord, your word was taking care of business tonight. It's doing things in me. It's doing things in the folks in this house. It's doing something for all of us tonight, and we thank you for your word. Is there anybody in this house tonight who says, Pastor Matt, you know what? I just need to make sure I'm right with God. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. That's one of the callings of my life. Make sure people are right with God. God bless you. God bless you for your courage. God bless you. God bless you. Let's agree right now. I know you've accepted Jesus before, but I want the whole house to pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father. There you go. Say it strong. Say, Heavenly Father. Cleanse me of my sin. Thank you for receiving me. I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I call on Him. I believe he died and rose again. But Lord God, I thank you for forgiving my sin because of the work of the cross. I am right with you by faith. In Jesus' name.
And we'll, every head bowed, every eye closed, let me pray a prayer over you tonight. And you just agree with me in Jesus' name. Father, I, be, I believe, and as I believe, I ask, Lord, give us a hunger for your word like never before. Let people just go through the word and go through the word and go through the word and go through the word. It's all in there. It's everything we need, God. You're speaking to us. You're answering prayers. You're giving us hope. And we thank you for the truth of your word tonight. And Father, I thank you and I ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen.